Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? And welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here. Today, we're going to talk about two of the post-original series reboots, revivals. Uh, there are four to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about The New Odd Couple from 1982 and The Odd Couple Together Again, the reunion movie from 1993. Not For to an- be confused with The Odd Couple too. For another, correct. We talked about last time. Yes, for another episode or the next episode, we will talk about the Oddball Couple cartoon and the Matthew Perry Thomas Lennon revival. So before we begin talking about those, um, uh, as a collector, I always want to own something that I'm very passionate about in pop culture. And uh, for the Odd Couple, I have a framed display piece with signatures on it and i used to own a first edition of the play but that does not really a significant item so after the talk about playbills and stuff last time i hunted down something on ebay and i'm sharing it now with garrett live on our podcast i'll put a link to the actual pdf that i sent to garrett on our show notes wow. but garrett okay. why don't you explain what you're seeing so putting my karnak hat on i opened the virtual envelope um it is okay i see a red it's red and it has the words the odd couple on it and i see a picture of tony and jack so it looks like this is the cover of something yes oh that's wow correct. Six, 16 pages okay. we don't we're not going to discuss every page okay, it's a couple good. good so why don't you talk about page two so what this is yeah. is a stage version of the odd couple play done by tony and jack i think about 1974 at a theater in Atlanta that's no longer around. If you look at page two, who else is in the cast, Garrett? Some very familiar names. Uh, Al Molinaro, Larry Gelman, and Gary Wahlberg. Wow, the whole gang is back together. And then on page three, we have some pictures of Tony and Jack. I think they're mostly press photos. But what do you see on page uh, four and five? Oh, bios. And... A picture of Tony Randall with really big sideburns. <laughs> what else do you see? <laughs> okay. I'm not able to scroll read down. It. Oh, scroll it down a little bit. It is autographed. It is autographed it's by autographed. both <gasps> Tony and Jack. Wow. If you look at page four, which you haven't may not have gotten to yet, you'll see and I know it's their signatures because I, I've seen their signatures a lot over the years and I know what signatures I have of them. Mm. That's um amazing. And they have interesting bios on both of them that will let you read if you want to go find it in the show notes. Yes, I will want to read that. Uh, and now, why don't um, you turn to page five and what do you uh, see? Or uh, Al Molinaro signed it too. Yes, and it says, to "Hi, someone, Barbara." Someone named Barbara. Yes. <laughs> someone named Barbara who lives in Atlanta is, it, I guess, perhaps the person who or the estate of whom it is I'm assuming yes yeah. now what's interesting to me if you keep turning the pages mm-hmm. um i there's there's press photos in here from the tv show i've never seen before now maybe i don't look at them enough on ebay but if you turn to huh. the 
the one yeah, yeah. history of the show. If you see the history of the show on the yeah. page, there's a picture of Oscar sitting in like a leather chair, mm-hmm. yeah, putting I'll his cigar. I've never <laughs> seen. Have you ever seen that photo before? No. Okay. No. And then you can totally skip- staged though. It's not from. It's not. A, yeah, it's it's staged. Uh, press photo now speaking of that here's very weird turn to uh keep flipping and you'll see you'll pass by a page that says a synopsis and then you'll come to a page that has a broom on it tell me when you're at that page uh almost okay synopsis picture of sort of balding jack klugman probably when he did the play on broadway and then the next page okay there's a photo there tell me what the photo says underneath first tony randall and jack klugman as they appear in the abc tv series the odd couple now in this picture there's in a some room like a kitchen that has a brick wall behind them <laughs> this yeah, is it, looks cl- like a, uh, it is it clearly like a basement it looks like a basement or a basement oh, yes this is clearly not from as they appear in the abc series the odd couple because no. it is a set that has never been ever used right. anywhere near that series Right. And in fact, when I saw that, I was really surprised by this picture because it looks like they're 20 years old. <laughs> There's just something about the picture or Jack's got no makeup or something. Now, the reason I know when this is from, it says yeah. in the Jack Klugman biography how he mm-hmm. had uh, about his Emmy wins for the he had just won his second or third Emmy for the show. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed me to pinpoint this to 1974, I believe. Mm. So I right. do not understand that very odd picture of them that says, yeah. as they appear in the series, The Odd Couple, unless this is from this production of the show and they just, for some reason, used it and huh. said that incorrectly. Right. But it is very odd. Um, no pun intended. Uh, yes. I think I, my guess is that, okay, so uh, while this this is delightful, I'm not totally surprised by its existence because I I have read that um, they the two of them did tour the play a lot in between seasons, sometimes with members of the of the TV cast. Um, You've mentioned that a lot, and that's actually yeah. what partly inspired so me see. to find it. Right, right. but so to find it, it, to find one signed by three of them, yeah, I know that is for great. a I'll say yeah. a very, very much more affordable. I would have spent much more money on this. I, I really, I was, I was about to ask you what range this was. But... This was. I'll tell you how much yeah. it was. It was thirty bucks. Wow, I that I could less than a set of Odd Couple DVDs. Yeah, so um, I thought this was a great pickup. I will share yes. this PDF. Uh, again in the show notes you should be able to see it you are a saint ted for doing this service to the odd couple community i'm a pip (laughs) that you are all right Um, yes wait well last thing about the program my guess is that they probably the by the way of the program oh holding it up there it is i'm trying to hold it up yeah zoom okay uh, the guts of the program are probably replicated for the whole tour and they just changed the name of the theater at the top so Uh oh Okay. So, so probably the pictures were used for throughout the tour. Maybe they were taken. Some of those were taken, like the one in the basement. Could have that. They definitely look. That is not them in 1969 or 70. That's them in 1974. Oh yes, I think. Yeah. Yes, I think that's absolutely correct. All right. So let's go forward in time from 1974. So the show ends in 1975. The original series. I I'm assuming it goes into syndication right away. Yes. And is fairly popular over the next right. seven years. And then we get to 1982. So 
the new odd couple, I think everyone knows the main twist here is that the leads are men of color. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second. It's a black version, as you'll hear people talk about it, of the odd couple. As we've said before, this is not the first time a Neil Simon play was given a television black treatment. Uh, there was a groundbreaking version in 1970 of Barefoot in the Park, which lasted only 12 episodes. It is pretty remarkable that given the scarcity of, of African-American people on television in the 70s, uh -huh. you know, the Star Trek pioneered it and and Diane Carroll and Julia, that two Neil Simon plays between 782 got uh, yeah. a chance to be diverse. Well, and how... Well, first of all, that Barefoot in the Park thing is it's such a weird coincidence, not a coincidence, I guess, because that also it was simultaneous with The Odd Couple. Right. Paramount developed it simultaneously with The Odd Couple. Gary Marshall was involved in it. Uh, and uh, it was it was the one that did not survive. But it is amazing to consider how much changed between 1970 and 1982 about what about race on television. Right. Because oh. in between, we we have this huge string of successes of black sitcoms yes. which no one would have thought was a thing in the 60s and it's just by the late 70s it's it's a huge it's a huge genre i don't know if it's a huge string and then there's sanford well, son see. which plays which well, plays good important. times jefferson's. jefferson's yeah i guess there's a yes yeah i guess you're right i guess it's becoming a yes thing. yes thing. no it's, no i think you're right those shows I paved the way for this I yeah i think i'd take back my statement i think you're right um so this aired from October 29th, 1982 to June 16th, 1983. It aired on Fridays at 8.30 to 9 for most of its run. And I believe the original Odd Couple, I should have looked this up, was a Friday show in yes. a lot of its slots. At one point. Uh, so this was the fall of 1982. So the Friday night lineup that year was Benson at 8 o'clock, an another African-American-led mm -hmm. show. Uh, Greatest American Hero at 9. <laughs> not diverse at all and then a very short-lived mostly forgotten or almost completely forgotten uh, adventure series called the quest which had four americans competing is a drama series in mm -hmm. certain tests to prove that they one of them is the rightful heir to a throne of a small mediterranean principality <laughs> the okay. biggest name on the don't show remember that don't remember that show. yeah it lasted one month um uh, the biggest name on there was Perry King, later of Riptide. So of the 18 episodes that aired, based on my analysis, there's 11 of them are based on you know, our scripts. And that's what's most known about this show is they took scripts from the original series and basically just refilmed them. Those ones are that I have, based on what I'm looking at, I don't think it's that hard to figure out, Ides of April, The Hustler, Gloria moves in, which is now called uh, Francis because they changed Gloria's name for some reason back to for Francis reason, for this right. play, for this show. That was No Lady, The New Car, Security Arms, Grave for Felix, My Strife in Court, Gloria Hallelujah, which is not called that, uh, but that's the premise. Partners Investment kind of is in here and Two on the Isle are the 11 episodes. Right. And then there's seven others based on what I'm looking at that are original. Did you look at that? Do you agree yes, with that? Uh, pretty much right. It says there's there's a bunch that are sort of in between where clearly the premise is borrowed from one of the originals, but they go in a completely different direction with it or just give a different spin to it. Some are almost exact in terms of the plot scene by scene. Uh, it really varied, though. Yeah, it's more than I thought from because 
I vaguely remember watching this when it came out. I would have been, as I imagine you were, very excited that uh, when we were 12 that this was happening. And um, But I don't remember. I remembered what it looked like and sounded like and the cast. Uh, I lo- I was a big fan of both uh, actors from Barney Miller and Sanford and Son because those are two of my other favorite shows. Um, but I didn't, and I remembered that they the plot resembled the old show in the episodes that I remembered. But looking at it now, and based on even what people say about it, they keep saying that it's the same scripts. It clearly is, even when it's the same story, it's not at all the same script. So for some uh, of them, some of them, it yeah. is the same script. As I you think said. Very, there's only like two or three that are, yes. that are more than a 50 percent. I agree show. with that. Yes. Yeah. I remember watching this as well. I loved Benson. I liked Grace American Hero. So I was watching this also because they were on at the yeah. time I was watching. And I do remember liking it at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I don't know what I would have felt like. I couldn't have been disappointed because it wasn't like the original because it was clearly something different. Uh, so I enjoyed watching it, but I, I think I just whenever what I do remember is that when they did an episode that was basically just like the old one, it wasn't as good. And so and I, I don't remember that. that. <laughs> I don't see, I see. Yeah. I do not remember remembering that at the time. So you right. were definitely more savvy. Now, according to several articles I read online that I'd like to re- dispute this, the reason this was done, they had scripts, is because they have a writer strike in 1982 that forced the reuse of scripts. That is not true. There was a writer strike in the summer of 91. But, 81. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Summer of 81. <clears throat> that, that did not affect the season. And I have clips of Gary Marshall and Mark Rothman talking about this show. Of, of, mm. of, and there's no mention of that. So that is a fallacy. There, This was not the reason this was done. Now, that did happen. Wait, so if, you're saying... The strike that the strike that did happen was 82 or 81 summer of 81 15 months before wow. this okay. aired so they had that's a coincidence there happened to be a writer strike a year and three months before the 1982 season that did not cause at least there's no indication that that had anything to do with these scripts being reused it's wow. it that ended in july of 80 of 81 this was 82 there's no yeah. reason for that to happen is it there's... possible that it at least impacted the early development of no. the project well it's possible that it inspired somebody to think about yeah. uh like what are we going to do with this script... show right? right and and that they Maybe somebody at Paramount in 80 or ABC in 81 said, oh, well, yeah. if the strike goes on, what are we going to do? And somebody said, let's find some shows to reuse the scripts. Uh-huh. And it was an idea a year earlier that then said, oh, that's not a bad idea. Let's do it. They, now, right. famously, in the writer strike of 1988, uh, Mission Impossible was brought back to TV for this reason. There's a what? 1988 two-season version of the show. That came back because the writer strike forced the need to actually take scripts that already existed and film them. And that's what brought back that show for two years. Wait, but did they actually reshoot old Mission Impossible? So scripts? they 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 did. I think the strike the ended new early. Actors? In, yeah, well, Peter Graves was back in the show. Oh. And then the rest of Greg Morris's son, Phil Morris, later to be on Seinfeld, came back as Greg Morris's characters, Barney Collier's son on the show. So they made it very thorough, uh, thoughtfully. Then they had other actors who appeared who were uh, playing other characters. So okay. uh, it was it's a it's a it's a there's something about it I really like, and it's also very clumsy and very silly. And the special effects and that 
that late 80s is just kind of cool. I, I propose our next podcast be just devoted to the those episodes. Of I movie. would absolutely do that. <laughs> I would absolutely do a podcast. The Mission Impossible, Writer's Strike, Workaround, Reboot. I think the strike ended early enough that they, <laughs> and it, clearly the ratings were good enough to get a second season. I think the strike ended early enough that they were able to just, because there's some of the episodes, most of the episodes have nothing to do with the original show, but yes. Okay, <clears throat> so that is not, if you read that online, that is not true. Uh, so at the time this show came on the air, ABC was in a solid second place in the three network landscape. Uh, they had such hit shows as Dynasty, Three's Company, Love Boat, Monday Night Football, The Fall Guy, Heart to Heart, and That's Incredible. Those were all top 20 or 30 shows for ABC at the time. They were on the precipice uh, when this show premiered six months later to have a major, major miniseries hit on their hands, The Thornbirds. Ah, right. Which would, which, you know, like Roots did for them a few years earlier in 77, Thornbirds would be really a huge thing for ABC. Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley were about to end shortly. So mm. they're in a pretty healthy place in television. Uh, CBS was number one. They had 60 Minutes, they had Dallas, they had MASH, Simon and Simon, Falcon Crest, Jefferson's New Heart. And NBC was a distant third. They really had nothing that successful on the air, but they were three months away from having the A-team begin in January of 83 that launched out of the Super Bowl. So NBC is almost not a player in television at this time. So let's talk about the cast of The New Odd Couple. You have Ron Glass as Felix. You mentioned him. He is just finishing eight seasons on Barney Miller, Detective Harris. So he was really one of television's top comedic actors of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, or top comedic actors in general. Um, he never found a big hit after Barney Miller. He was part of the cult classic Firefly. You're familiar with that Josh, show? Joss Whedon show. Yes. And did the, the movie that they did. From yes. The, um, uh, Sarah, uh, uh, Serenity. Yeah. He died in 2016. Uh, Damon Wilson had finished six seasons of Sanford and Son in 1977. They did a bunch of guest spots, a lot of failed sitcoms. And then he famously became a preacher. I think he's still acting a little bit, but he's not, he's he became a preacher after after that. after New Odd Couple after New Odd Couple. I mean, yes. it does seem that on top of all the negative negative um, uh, connotations that people give to the story of the, the experience of this show, it may have been the show that just made him quit show business. I think like. he did some stuff after this, <laughs> yeah. and he was a writer. Um, we have John Shuck as Murray. He was best known as Lieutenant Enright on McMillan and Wife. He was the star of Holmes and Yo-Yo, which was a famous robot, you know, short-lived but kind of uh, well-known uh, comedy series uh, where he played the uh, a robot uh, police officer. Yes. It, was, it was a comedy. And then he later played Herman Munster in the syndicated reboot of The Munsters. Yes. And uh, John Chuck, I must have all the – I've mentioned occasionally having an acquaintance or having met some of the artists involved in – one version of the odd couple or another john chuck is truly a, a very dear friend of my family's and, and me and uh a, a great actor and a great guy uh who i've known throughout my life basically and he's still at it uh doing a lot of stage at least you know before covid and um he has an, he had an amazing career it was really it's funny you mentioned Holmes and yo-yo i have okay mr collector yeah. I have a signed John Shuck Holmes and Yo-Yo picture, and you can't have it. Oh, I'm going to find one on eBay <laughs> now that I know I wonder, that exists. I wonder how many. Uh, I'm sure he only signed it for me. Um, 
but I remember that show and it is it is kind of has a kind of uh, cult quality of like strange misfires in TV. But he was the omnipresent. I mean, McMillan, he was so famous. He couldn't go through the streets without being recognized for McMillan in life, especially, I remember. And he was um, he was on SVU. He had a recurring role on SVU. Yes, he uh, plays. Yeah, he lately he plays a lot of like authority sergeants. Yeah, uh, tough guys. Uh, but the other the one main thing of his career I'd like to point out, other than television, is that he was uh, he's done he worked a lot with Robert Altman, especially in Altman's early films. He has very prominent roles in Nash. The yes. Movie, yep. And in uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, uh, and so he's really he's also known uh from spy cineasts you could say film buffs for his uh omnipresence in the early robert altman films and he's also a a a, a very a classically trained ex- actor of stage and screen he played daddy warbucks in annie on broadway for many years in different productions i saw him uh in annie i saw him play daddy warbucks to sarah jessica parker as annie Probably oh. sometime around this new odd couple. Well, show, that's the like early, isn't it the original broad. That's the original yeah, broad. They, yeah. He was a replacement. He was one of the first replacements for the original Daddy Wall. Have you ever and asked? He, he continued doing the role for years. Have you ever asked him about the odd couple? I must have asked him at the time, um, but uh, he was he was living in California in those days, and uh, so. I don't know. I should ask him about that again. Yes. If you have, if you find out anything, <laughs> let us know. Then we have Liz Torres as Maria, which is the new Myrna. She does not appear in the show very much. Uh, she is well known for two other roles. Um, she was Teresa on All in the Family. She was the boarder that the bunkers took in for a season after Mike and Gloria left. And today's fans would know her most famously as Miss Patty on Gilmore Girls, where she was in oh. the entire run. Um, we have Bart Braverman as Roy. He was Binzer on Vegas for three seasons, preceding New Odd Couple. He's done a lot of TV afterwards. He was on Seinfeld. Do you know what he played on Seinfeld? No. no. He, you know, the backwards episode in India. Yes. He is the father of the groom. Isn't he supposed to be Indian? Bart Braverman has a kind of <laughs> appearance where uh, he can. He is uh, very. Uh, he's, he's olive skinned, and he yes. he often plays ethnic roles, even though he is. Yeah. I don't know his nationality, but he has that ability. The Pigeon Sisters are in this show. They're played by two people who seem to have no other credits: uh, a oh. Sheila Anderson and a Ronaldo Douglas. And oh. I don't know if they went to look for unknowns who stayed unknown, but they're not great in the show. No, and uh, it, but it's funny that they. <laughs> they were so modeled on the original show that they kept them. Even they kept... The, the Pigeon Sisters are have more episodes, I believe, in the new in the one season of the new Odd yes. than they do in all of the original series. So here are the things from the the old the play that are kept. They have the Pigeon Sisters. They have Francis, and it's Ungar with an A. Yeah, I know. So I think someone I did read that someone thought it was kind of a statement. They made a decision as a way, like. Even though they had were working with scripts from the let's just call it the original series TOS, right? Uh, and even though they had the personnel like Gary Marshall, sort of involved, uh, Mark Rothman, etc., um, they wanted some independence from that series. So one way to do that was to reclaim thing elements of the play, even though they're not consequential. But uh, so yeah, 
You're right. That makes that makes sense. Other notable performers in the 18 episodes are Joe Marie Payton, who would later be the mom on Family Matters. Uh, she plays Mona, who buys the car from Oscar when they mm-hmm. try to sell the car, and then stays around. Like that character appears. I guess they really liked her. <laughs> and Tell she's my- like their neighbor now. <laughs> Thelma Hopkins from Give Me a Break in Family Matters is Francis. Uh, Ernie Hudson shows up. Esther Roll is the IRS examiner in the Ides of April. Uh, Jill Jarris, who played Beth Olam in the original Odd Couple series, is in this show as Vivian in The Hustler, the, the opera person uh-huh. who wants uh-huh. who wants to put on a show and they have no money, right. so they do the – I so she- did not – Catch, I mean, I would not have recognized. I, I only it's in a, it's in the Bob Lassac <laughs> yeah. book, and that's the only I reason I knew. And I went back and looked at her. Even if I stared at that character, <laughs> I would not have made that connection. I didn't even remember the name Jill Jarris, to be honest with you. Right, right. Uh, writers include Mark Rothman, Jerry Belson, Dick Bensfield. Those are credited writers. Um, Lowell Gans also his name shows up, but yeah. I'm not going to play this clip. But there's an interview with him on the oh, Academy okay. website. He says he has nothing to do with this right. and nothing to do with the Odd Couple reunion movie yeah. we'll talk about Here's, later. Okay, so my take on the the credited writers. See, I yeah, I don't. I think a lot of those people you just mentioned were not present. I think whenever they had a, whenever they were reworking a script, an original script, sorry, reworking a script from the old series, they just went ahead and credited the writers of that script. Yeah, yeah, uh, as kind of default. And it was basically reworked in rehearsal by yeah. Mark Rothman or whoever is the showrunner at that time, the Joel Zwick. Well, Joel Zwick uh, was the director. Mark Rothman was the showrunner. Well, it seems like Joel Zwick is part of the creative team. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So, um, so right. So they they didn't take credit for themselves. They just left the old name, like Jerry. Be- yeah, I knew that Jerry. They were using Jerry Belson's old idea, and uh, he still gets the credit somehow. So the EP is credited as Gary K. Marshall, which I don't understand the K. Is that his way of distancing himself? I think that may be true. (laughs) I mean, he apparently, right, he he still owned, or to some extent, whatever, he can't own it, owned the property, or or Paramount wanted him. We have a clip of him discussing all that. Okay, good. But he basically disowned it, so it is funny that he put a K in there. All right, now let's, we're going to play our first clip. This to me... Uh, I'm just going to get out of the way. I, I don't know what you think. I'm not, this is not a great show. This is really, there's some things about this, this piece of television that really irritates me. Um, I know people are saying, oh, Ted's irritated or something. What a surprise. But the, there is one part I really like, which is the the, the theme. I think the, the oh. revamp version of the theme they did is actually quite entertaining. So let's listen to that uh, now.
then it the, is catchy. Yeah. It is catchy, and they are, do film them in New York, doing lots right. of stuff around the city. And I think yeah. they really made for a a it set up a a really thoughtful, exciting reboot of the Odd Couple. I think they did a really good job with that. Right. It's like different. It's 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 modeled on the original opening credits, but them um, walking around 1982 New York. Yeah, and so there's no a, there's yeah. no clips really of the show. It's all of them in New York. Right, right. Because yeah. they only well, if they went to a next season, they might. Yeah, yeah. there. So uh, first, I'm going to talk about this is the way I'm, I'm going to talk about my general observations of the show, and then you can have your own or chime in as I'm saying. Or I don't know, however you want to go. Then I'd like to go through a couple episodes with some thoughts of them and some clips to mm -hmm. maybe back up my points, and then we're going to play some clips of people talking about working on the show and uh, i'm going to read some quotes from people from the bobble sack book about people other people who worked on the show okay so do you want to so all right my observations and hopefully you can sum up yours before we go so it's not a very good show uh my, my problem <laughs> with the show one, yes <laughs> damon wilson is not a good actor in this show oh. uh, and i don't know if my opinion i'm not well maybe i shouldn't call him not a good actor i do not like damon wilson's performance in the show he i find him uh, just uh, uh, something about him is stilted and off. Ron Glass, I could see his Felix. Damon Wilson, I could see his Oscar. I get it. I just find his performance, and I'll play some clips, just lacking. Um, the biggest problem I have with the show, this is such a small, it's, I mean, I don't know if other people observe it or not. And I'm going to play example. They say their names <laughs> so often. You noticed that too. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you noticed it. Every dialogue yes. starts with the name Felix or Oscar, and Oscar, I think blah 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 Felix. Blah, blah, I think Oscar, they're doing blah, blah, it because blah. they didn't think the <laughs> viewers would know who's who because <laughs> it is not the 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 messiness and sloppiness is very under is brought down versus the original show. Right. There's no way watching the original show you would not know Jack Klugman's Oscar and Tony Randall's Felix. Yes, yes. In this show, they're kind of both closer to a bit normal outside of some scenes. And I think that's why they're doing that. Hmm. It really, yeah. I, I, <laughs> glad it's not just me because um, it is a bad sign in dialogue when characters have to keep using each other's names is that true garrett not, garrett well, is that ted, true ted it's interesting you mentioned that because as i mentioned ted um it's <laughs> and it kind of really uh my my one of my overriding problems with the show is i feel a lack of chemistry between them uh which is backed up or maybe that i i i it's influenced me but a lot of the commentary of the people behind the scenes say that um but it is and one of the things that gets in the way of actual chemistry and intimacy between them is they keep like puts them at a distance like they're still strangers to each other <laughs> you know uh so that that is jarring well actually i had something about that that i have the reverse opinion on not opinion but observation okay. um yeah. but 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 i but i agree with you the chemistry is i remember the chemistry being much better than i see it now i remember when i watched it thinking that they were really good and i i think they were uh, given the time, I think ABC was lucky to get these two people yes. to play this show. Those were two big show. shows. I mean, it was like you could see the package deal, right? And it made sense. Damon Wilson played was lived in a in a junk house, and Ron, <laughs> and and Harris was very Felix like, right? Right. Um, obviously, the fact that we've just looked at all two seasons two through five in detail means that when you watch 
a redo of the script, it's hard to compare. You yeah. know, it's hard to live up to the the original show. So that's definitely buying us. In terms, of, I think there's a there's, I think it was filmed in front of a live audience, and there's somebody in this audience. I don't know if it's Mark Rothman or someone who's laughs, who's like standing <laughs> next to a microphone laughing all the time. I feel there's some sweetening. I don't understand why this audience is so entertained by what's happening here. <laughs> I do feel it's also sweetened. Oscar calls Felix feel a lot, a lot yeah, yeah. in the in the show, the seventy in the in the original series that was done sarcastically. Right. Only when after. Tony, after Felix says ask. Right? Yes. Here, he now, to what you're saying is that they feel like strangers to each other. Here, to me, one of the bases of the original show is that Oscar did not want Felix living with him, and he got very angry with him. Here, there's no indication Oscar wants him out. There's no indication Oscar had this apartment before and Felix moved in. That's really not mentioned. Yeah. And it just feels like two buddies living together. And there's yeah. none of the underwriting tension that is important in the show mm -hmm. and in the movie, in the play. Um, the messiness and neatness is toned down a lot here. They live at 242 Riverside Drive. So we're back to Riverside Drive. Uh, the apartment set, I would call a blend of both season one and season two. I feel like they, they kind of, they made it a little, it's not, they didn't just re replicate the, the season two, the season five set. But they still had the raised stairs on the mm -hmm. and the entrance, and clearly it's for a live studio audience. But it it I found that the set was interesting. It was like a good mix yeah, and modernized. Right. It, exactly, like it, it was clearly modeled on the 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 three camera set from seasons two through five. Um, one of the differences I noticed was the the I think their bedrooms are on different sides of the apartment. Like there's a hallway now what I would call stage left, like from Oscar's desk. There's now a hallway that goes to Felix's room. Um, the kitchen is basically the same idea the, with the counter and the, the shutters, whatever. Um, it's got a little, it's a little more, it's a little more uh, uh, nice looking than the- <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and a little more modern furniture, but also it does look like this is Felix's apartment, right? And even Oscar's room, is not nearly as messy. As absolutely, Jeff, absolutely. Which is a very weird choice. Yes. Um, we should mention how we watch this because uh, it's not available on commercial DVD. There are episodes on YouTube and somebody else provided also some access to episodes. Um, so we were able to watch. I don't think we had all 18 available. I feel like I had access to, we had access to, I don't know, 12 or 14, maybe more than that. Uh, I certainly did not watch all of them because they're not, it's tough to watch I some of these. Through, I made it through 11. Oh, you may have actually, you actually watched 11 completely? Well, I watched them in order. I watched okay, uh, in I, the order we had them, yeah. I definitely did not watch 11 completely. I watched five or six completely, and I skimmed through the rest to just yeah. see if there's anything of note. Uh, so if you do want to watch the show, there are episodes, like a fair amount of them out in the YouTube universe. But I agree with you about what you just said about Oscar's room. It's, you know, there in the opening credits, there's a scene that, try to mimic the original oh, series right. okay. and even there you can see the the room is just isn't that messy right um hey uh, uh what just before i forget you mentioned the uh they have a new building they have a new address yes not 1049 uh not the san remo and it's somewhere on riverside drive that made me wonder is that the building from the movie 
So it looks uh, very much very similar to the move to the building oh, movie. Uh, uh, you know, I should know this because I looked that up too. I think uh, I feel like well, if I if I try to go get my notes from the um, here the, from the movies, let's see. Um, uh, it was I don't know. I talked about it last time. Right. I, it, yeah. Um, sorry. So I don't it, I don't have that. Well, whether it is or not, it is I. I wonder if I mean they they knew the movie so they clearly modeled it on that. Um, and in the when we get to the TV movie, they also use a Riverside Drive apartment, but uh, a oh, little bit lower. You know, I'm and, confusing it with that. Maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. that's what one thirty one Riverside Drive is All in right, the TV so movie. I'm now I'm confusing my odd couples. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, in this in this show, Oscar has children, like he does in the movie. They reference Oscar having children in the show. Uh, there's a big Leroy Neiman poster in the apartment. <laughs> and what's surprising that to me is usually in television, you can't show copyrighted work like oh. that. And uh, unless they got permission or didn't well, care. Big plug, big plug. I guess so. I did, they'd have to coordinate that. It's just surprising <laughs> that they have a f well, like a famous artist name in the entire series. Yeah. He was now. Is it a sports painting? Because that's what he was famous for. Oh, I you know what? I, I, didn't I actually, I, I, yeah, I didn't look at it either. Yeah, right. But I guess that would make sense. All right, that that's my general observation of the show, and uh, you know, and the yeah. differences. Um, what do you have anything you want to add before we talk about some episodes? No. Okay, so let's. The first thing I watched was Two on the Isle, which was their version. They called it Opening Night. Um, the the premise here is. Oscar is uh becomes a well just like in the original series, he he has to fill in for the theater critic. But here, Felix uh, Oscar just asks Felix to help him. There's no trickery. So that whole premise right. from is gone. The stupid twist here <laughs> is that there's a mobster who's invested in the play he's Oscar's supposed to review, and he basically says, You better give it a good review, or I'm gonna break your legs. Yeah. And then there's a whole scene of the of the people threatening them, of yeah. the mobsters threatening them. It's really dumb. And uh, again, yeah, it just brings up the question of like, you know, sometimes I actually, when I saw something like that, I said, you know what? If you're going to take the original premise, just do the script then. <laughs> in this, this case. This is not, or update the jokes or something. But yeah. like, this, that was such a great story, right? It's one of our favorite episodes. I think probably each of us would put it in their top. Yeah. Um, and what they came up with is just so lame. That we do see Sardis in the show, the Pigeon Sisters. I think the mafia storyline was timely in '82. I feel like mafia, especially in New York City, was like today it's nothing, but then it was like uh, prevalent. And they had this whole stupid scene where they fake Oscar getting killed. Right. It's just weird. so That's dumb. Weird. Um, in the new car. Um, this is really basically almost mm -hmm. scene for scene. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to play a clip here. Um, it's the same setup. The The difference is that the quiz is about theater instead of opera. Um, there's lots of New York City street scenes, just like there was in the original. Right. So what I'm going to do uh, is we're going to compare and contrast the Goldilocks scene. We're going to play uh, the original version from the original series and then hear how Damon Wilson and Ron Glass do it. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. All right. 
sick of shots. I'm sick of cars. I'm sick of parking. No arguments. We're getting rid of the car. Not for $900, we're not. No, for the full retail value. For whom? The insurance company. Well, what are you talking about? Don't cut me off, Come on. What are you Remember saying? Remember my childhood friend, Mervyn the Finger? He's out? Six months now. He told me about a guy who helps people like us. Yeah. Poor people like us. People who have a car they can't get rid of. He sells them? He steals them. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get mixed up with the underworld. What underworld? This is not some sleazy hood. This is a guy who does everything out in the open. He's a big businessman. Hello, this is Goldilocks. Can I speak to Papa Bear? <laughs> another Goldilocks. Oscar, stop that. You know this isn't right. Is it right what's been happening to me? $200 for parking tickets, running out of gas in a Holland tunnel, getting up at the crack of dawn. The other day I stopped for something neat, they towed away the car. It cost me $85 for a hot dog. New York is making a seat out of me. Oscar, it is already after 7 o'clock. That car should have been moved by now. No, Felix, no more. No more getting up at 7 a.m. to move that damn car. I'm finished through, you understand? I'm a writer, Felix. Writers sleep late in the morning. All my life I was late. When I was a kid, I was always late for school. That's why I became a writer, so I could sleep late. Felix, we are getting rid of that car. Oh, no, we are not. Certainly not for $3,500. Who said anything about $3,500? Felix, we'll get the full retail price. From whom? The insurance company. What are you talking about? Look, Felix. I got this childhood friend, Mervyn. Mervyn. Mervyn the Finger. <laughs> Says he knows a guy that helps people like us. What do you mean, people like us? People that can't get rid of their cars. He sells them? He steals them. Felix, <laughs> what are you doing? Oscar, you are not going to get me involved in the underworld. What underworld? Felix, this is no sleazy hood. This is a big businessman. He does everything out in the open. Hello, this is Goldilocks. Can I speak to Papa Bear? Goldilocks? Papa Bear? Hang up that phone. Don't touch the Oscar, phone. I'm sorry to have to do this. You ripped the wire out of the wall. Oscar, I am keeping you out of jail. I don't want to keep that car. Oscar, look. If it'll make you feel any better, I'll move the car tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. You know, Felix, there was a time when I looked forward to tomorrow. <laughs> now, when I go to bed at night, I dream about that damn car. <laughs> I used to dream about Marilyn McCoo. Now I dream about tollway zones. <laughs> well, I think that speaks for itself a little bit. Uh, the... Yeah. Go... Yeah, what do you want to say? Well, I mean, what's... <sighs> I feel like the um, it's funny, like hearing them do the same dialogue is like watching different versions of the Neil Simon play, you know. Uh, so in that way, it's become its own classic, the original scripts. Um, but I get the feeling and Mark Rothman talks about like he did take the liberties of kind of what revisiting jokes or adding like he did some of that with these scripts. And in this case, everything that's extra is just not worth it, really. And just add, sort of adds too much uh, fat to the scene. And like the original is very concise and very energetic. This also is kind of low energy, uh, which is a problem I have with a lot of the show in general. And they so, threw, you know, they date, you know, they had the Marilyn McCoo reference. She was yeah, who is that? 
She was uh, she was uh, in the the uh, Fifth Dimension the oh, group, okay. and she she hosted Solid Gold, oh. which at this time I probably was on the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just Amon Wilson is I don't know if he's trying too hard or there's something about his delivery. Like Ron Glass just has a natural, I think, delivery here, uh, and I just wish that the Oscar actor was able to play better with them or just respond better something about damon wilson this is just me maybe i'm not i mean i'm not maybe other people think he's good in it and i'm not trying to say this is objectively this is my reaction okay. to him. well well i'm one of those people but um you i like would, which I people do, i'm not people i like damon wilson oh in okay the, the series in general although i this is one of the earlier i think he, he gets better as it goes because i was watching them in sequence i believe and he uh, I think he's a bit stiff in the early episodes, right? Because basically he's kind of miscast in some, like, first of all, Lamont in Sanford and Son was not really an Oscar Madison type. In Sanford and Son, he was the straight man in a way. He was yeah. the reasonable yes. person to always keep his father in line. And uh, and now he has, it seems like he, he and for, I read a great uh, anecdote about how on the set people were surprised at how opposite their characters both of them were. We have that. that we're going to cover oh, that. Okay, yeah, good. So that he himself was a very disciplined, and he became a minister. So there you go. Um, um, so I find is, and he's doing these lines that he knows are written for someone else. But there's some point later in the, sh and he gets into a groove where he starts this kind of strutting stuff. You know, he when he's feeling when he's with the ladies or when he's trying to people and he gets cocky he, uh, that i found really endearing and I, I also i think he's kind of channeling red fox it's a, i like to think so at least that you know in some of his uh his uh asides and his kind of uh more base or gloating moments so i i kind of warm to him and i think that with with ron glass is the finer actor the more able actor but as you you will probably hear in the clips, you know that there became a behind the scenes. He felt he was very miscast, and and the writers agreed at some point that he was not really. In some ways, he had a Felix personality that was with the Harris character and Barney Miller, but in other ways, he he did not feel comfortable in the role. So I go back and forth on both of them. But I, by the end, by the time I was watched ten of them or so, I I. I, I found uh, Damon Wilson more appealing. That we definitely had opposite reactions here. Um, the episode, the next episode is Brother, Can You Spare a Job, which is a new original topic. This is not based on a script. But it uh, is resemble. It does resemble. Ah, you didn't think of it because it's a season one episode, which you've blocked from your memory. Oh. Uh, Oscar's new job, right? When he gets fired from the paper and then he works for John Aston. At yeah. I and guess they, so. So they just they I think they took the premise of Oscar losing his job and having to find a new job, uh, and then going back to the newspaper from from. I that. guess that's true. That's right. So Oscar gets a well. This here start. Oscar gets a new contract to work at the paper, uh, and Felix looks at it and says that he's underpaid and she he should go in and ask for more money, um, and then he gets fired for asking that. Now, interestingly, he. Since we always seem to find honeymooners connection, there's a famous episode <laughs> of honeymooners where Ralph tells Ed to go in and ask for a raise, and Ed gets fired. Um, so here, that's what that's what Felix does to Oscar. He tells him to go get more money. So then he ends up becoming uh, 
a broadcaster or a new sportscaster on TV is horrible at it. I, that was one of the few scenes I really enjoyed Damon Wilson where he's terrible at yeah. broadcasting. Right. We also get the big O. The big O comes up here from the <laughs> yeah. original show. Oh, is that from the original show? I thought that was, where is it in the original? In the original show? Yeah. When the, During the radio episode. Oh, oh the big wait. O. Oscar Bad. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that but from they that? Only, they only say it once. Only say it I, once. I, yes. Right. But I kind of liked how Damon Wilson like took it on. It becomes like his regular right. catchphrase. Yeah. But I think since Mark Broth was involved right. in the like, show, it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, all right. So now I'm going to play a clip that I from this episode that I thought is an example of Damon Wilson's bad acting. But it's really about listen to how many times they say each other's names. That's what the purpose of this clip is. Before I play the clip, I want to say two things. First of all, I looked up the uh, the Riverside Drive thing you brought up. Is they use the same apartment in the TV movie? as the mm -hmm. movie but here they used a building like a few blocks down for some reason mm. 244 riverside drive this clip is a little staticky uh so sorry about that but i just thought it was a good example of the overuse of names and believe it oscar they fired you you mention to the editor how much more he'll have to pay when he's forced to hire you back? <laughs> I tried, but I didn't get the chance. Why not? Because at the time, he was slamming my hand in the door. <laughs> so they really fired you. Oscar, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry too, Felix, because now I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> Come on, Oscar. Now look, calm down and think. I am thinking. I'm thinking of what to use. <laughs> Oscar, I, I should have never listened to you in the first place, Felix. Not only do I not have a raise, I don't have a job. This could be the best thing that's ever happened to you. No, Felix. The best thing that could happen to me would be if something were to happen to you. Look, Oscar, please, man. Look, take, take a seat, please. Hear me out. Oscar, how long have you worked at the Herald? 14 years. <laughs> 14 years, day in and day out at the same newspaper, sitting at the same typewriter, looking at the same people. Face it, Oscar, you've been in a rut. And now I'm in a hole. <laughs> Look, I know it's hard, Oscar, but it's all for the best, and you're not going to regret this. This is a big city, Oscar, with thousands of opportunities for a guy like you. Felix, you're right. I have been in a rut. See? Do you remember last Tuesday when I stayed in my room until noon? Do you know why? I thought you were clearing a path to your door. <laughs> no, Felix. I was depressed. Ah, so your old friend Felix did you a big favor after all, eh, Oscar? Felix, this could be the best thing that's happened to me since Blanche bought those twin beds. <laughs> It's just like it's so unnecessary that the just it stands out, especially later in the clip. This the even Felix uses his own name and Oscar's name <laughs> in it. It's just so. It's just like I people don't talk like that. It's so and irritating. I agree with you. I agree with you oh my god! This is Garrett saying I agree with you. Seth. And also, I just think Damon Wilson is. I think I do not enjoy his performance in the show, and I think that is. Um, I just. His acting seems so forced and Ron Glass seems so natural to me. All uh, right. You know, yes. I, I, just because I'm recalling it from uh, from before, I do want to say one good thing that in the previous clip you played, I did like Oscar's line about that's why I became a writer. I don't want to get up in the morning. 
Yeah, that was, I agree. All right, so then uh, in in Francis moves in, not Gloria moves in. Um, I have no clip. I just want to talk about it. the wedding banner was reused from the original series. In the breakfast scene, they everything was used: the pits, scraping the burning off the toast, tightening of the eggs. Uh, the kitchen has a divider. Uh, Telma Hopkins, as we said, plays Francis. We have Roger the cop who always wins poker. Yeah, I know it's so funny. They just. Murray dealing thing. slow. Felix going to the poker hotel after getting kicked out. There's no drunk scene, though, which is one of the best right. moments of that episode. They yeah, they yeah. changed that. I don't know if that's because Ron Glass didn't want to do a drunk scene or something. Um, there's a weird scene where Felix, like, realized that Francis and him can't live. Like, Felix comes to terms with dealing with Francis as, a, like, a sweet scene between him and Francis very different than the Felix Unger of the series, who's always jealous, always wants to get back. This Felix right. and has I like mean, the original series introspective. De- you depended on his constant, per- eternal, yeah, fantasy of getting back with Gloria, and of course that's where the show had to end. And um, in this case, they are, yeah, I mean they're just they're giving that up. It, for the sake of having an adult moment, you know. Yep. But it's not funny, so I don't know. <laughs> they also refer to Oscar getting fat after the divorce, which you know something to talk about. All right, the uh, another episode that um, is famously basically done shot for shot, and there's an interesting thing about this that Mark Rothman will talk about later is my strife in court. Mm. Uh, it's really a word for word copy. Although here in this episode, Felix says he has one and a half years of law school. And he says it in right. a way that's sincere, but that was never true in the original yeah, series. Yeah, I wonder why they felt the need for, like, because I guess it, it implies that Tony Randall's Felix was completely insane for trying to defend himself in court and as a complete novice. And here it's making Felix seem, okay, they make a joke that it's, it, it sounds not as impressive as Felix thinks it is. But actually, law school is only... I don't know. Isn't one and a half years like maybe half the time? I think on? that's right. So, so, um, to make give the character some because again, the, one of the issues that came up behind the scenes, as as one of the writers put it, was that that uh, 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 Ron Glass didn't like playing the fool. Yeah, and that was the big difference between him and, and Tony Randall. And so they seem to like want to make the character more normal. Uh, so we're going to play the assume clip. We're not going to play the original one because I think everyone who listens to this would know how that sounds. But this is Ron Glass doing that. And there's a joke in the middle here. Uh, I think I have the clip that Mark Rothman refers to later in when we play a clip of him. Mr. Madison, would you tell the court why there was an extra ticket? Can I object? <laughs> no, only your lawyer can object. Well, can I object to my lawyer? <laughs> your Honor... I am trying to establish that legal efforts were made to dispose of this ticket. Proceed. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> now, Mr. Madison, I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that I don't want to. <laughs> Your Honor, please. <laughs> Mr. Madison, you're toying with contempt of court. I had an extra ticket because I couldn't get a ticket. What was that? I didn't hear the answer. <laughs> Course, I couldn't get a date. Couldn't get a date. <laughs> Would you describe to the court how hard you tried? <laughs> I tried very hard. 
many women did you call? <laughs> I'm sorry, how many? Seven. I called seven women. Seven women and couldn't get a date. Your Honor, I know it's hard to believe that anyone could call seven women and still not be able to find a date. But to prove that this is no exaggeration, Your Honor, I would like any woman in this room who refused to go out with Oscar Madison on the aforementioned night, would you please rise? <laughs> Mr. Madison, are these not the same seven women that you contacted so desperately that night? Well, I mean, I just assumed. Assu assu uh, did you say assume? <laughs> That's what she said. Well, Your Honor, with the court's permission, may counsel use this blackboard? Please. Thank you, Your Honor. Oh, 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 oh Miss St. Clair. <laughs> Miss St. Clair, you should never assume. You see, when you assume, you make an ass out of you Oh, and me. So I edited a little bit yes, in there. Yes, to be clear, they did not skip ahead. Yeah, that was me editing just to not have this be so long a clip. And that, that joke about asking people to stand up, Mark Rothman explains later why that was not in the original show, even though it's a joke he wanted to when he asked anyone in the courtroom who is who is dated who asked or asked out he bring, felix brings in the seven women yeah um so you know uh, if it, it's it's so hard to compete with the original one and it just this you know it's fine i don't you do would you agree the audience is laughing too hard well yeah and that i don't find it as funny as the original sure yeah. well <laughs> did you laugh at all oh. watching this show Watching the whole series. Anything. At any time, yeah. did you really laugh out loud? Uh, there were a couple. I wish I remembered, but I chuckled. Uh, Chuckle does not count is my question. Uh oh, okay. Yeah, honestly, the thing that I found, I by, by 10 episodes in, the thing that I was enjoying was Damon Wilson when he really starts getting comfortable in the role and uh, and kind of chuckling at some of his some faces he makes or some physical bit he did. But, but you don't understand why the audience. Find, I didn't find any jokes make me, you know, laugh out loud. And even this joke that Mark Rothman is so proud of, I I get it, but I feel it's so unnecessary. The, it, it, the scene did not need it. I agreed. Do yeah. you objectively do you think the audience should not be laughing that much? Uh, you know, honestly, I no. I mean, but it felt like a it felt like a typical sitcom audience. I mean that it's kind of sweetened probably to some extent that could be uh all right so um i want to play one more compare and contrast clip this is from that was no lady when oscar dates a famous sports person's felix felix sorry thank you felix, felix dates a famous sports person's wife not knowing oh. that this person well, you know one change they made to this aside from having Ernie Hudson now play a boxer as opposed to Alex Karras playing a football player. Yes, they're both African-American. 
Alex Karras. Uh, no, the, now the difference now, <laughs> the difference now is that Felix is dating an African American woman. Oh, that is true. I yes, uh, but he's also black. So, uh, the, the, they they he she's they're not married. Oh, I, I interesting change because it actually makes you realize that the original one it's adultery. It's like more. It's even higher stakes and. I made me think. Well, you know, it's the '80s. Things are getting a little more conservative. Now. Does he call her girlfriend? I maybe I missed that. Fiance or like to my my woman, and then he he promises to marry her at the end. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is this is Ernie. Uh, we don't we hear Ernie in the beginning. Uh, yeah, we've Alex Harrison and Ernie Hudson is the boxer that we'll hear um when we get to the the new odd couple version. Melanie? Outside my office, Melanie? That's the Melanie. Felix! Felix! So you wanted to get the quarterback. How did you know when the red door? The tape is rolling. What? Jay, we were doing so great yesterday. What's the matter? I'm sorry, Oscar. It's, it's Melanie. Something wrong. What could be wrong? I don't know. She's just been acting weird lately, you know? She's been dancing around the house like... Ginger Rogers. Mom, I'm going home now. Well, you must be imagining things. There's only two things that get me mad. Some little midget field goal kicker trying to take a cheap shot at me. Or someone fooling around with my wife. I recognize you. You're Jake Metcalf. Hello, I'm Felix Ungra, Oscar's roommate. Well, what a thrill. Old lady. You don't want to get to the old lady too well. Don't take out the phone when you read the book. I didn't want to interrupt. I just have to use your good offices to get some theater tickets. You got them, buddy. You got them. Goodbye. You don't know what for. Well, don't worry about it. Whatever it is, just give me the name of the show. No other name. Just the name of the show. That... She wants to see a new off-Broadway show. A Chicano musical called Lettuce. You got two ends. I mean, two tickets. Don't worry. You got them. She's very eager to see it. It's hard to get tickets for. Now, don't worry about it, will you? No, I'll get the tickets for Lettuce. I know a linebacker, and, you know, invested in it. Use it for a tax write-off. I'll give him a buzz. Nice. nice guy. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> you know who he is, right? Jar and Jake, yeah. Do you know who his wife is? Mrs. Metcalf, I presume. Right again. <laughs> Mrs. Melanie Metcalf. Melanie? Did do that? His wife's name is the same as my girlfriend's. Hey, Jake! <laughs> Your girl is his wife. My Melanie is his Melanie? That's right. I don't believe it. Well, you better believe it. For all our sakes, you better believe it. I I never knew she was married. And she wasn't just waiting for me to come along. But someday he'll be waiting for you to come along and do it. You see how your face is all screwed up? That'll be a permanent condition. <laughs> oh, that poor baby. Okay, now you know what's at stake. Your poor baby, your body, my book. You gotta get out of this mess. Get out? Yeah, you gotta stop seeing her. Just ask me to cut my heart out. Oh, Jake will take care of that. Great oh, of him, Buster. Love has made me strong. Felix, strength has made him stronger. I'll have to ask you to butt out. This is strictly between Jake and me. Okay. I'll settle with him later. 
somebody, Felix Unger, is in love. Felix and Melanie. I mean, she walks around saying this, thou, and thee, hither, and thither. Something weird's going on. Sounds like she's fooling around. Maria. Fooling around. I mean, there's only two things that really makes me mad. Is somebody hitting me below the belt? Is somebody making a play for my lady? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Moses, Moses, watch those hands, man. You got the big fight tonight. I, I go home now. It's only 10 o'clock, Maria. I know, I know. I'll walk it slow. <laughs> I have an idea. After the fight tonight, why don't you take a few days off and go someplace quiet? <laughs> where there's no walls. Hi. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no. Moses was just installing a window. It's really nice to meet you. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm Felix Unger, Oscar's roommate. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I've heard Oscar talk about you so much, um, I feel as if I already know you, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your last fight when you... That's got... nice. That's enough, Felix. You don't want to know more any better. It'll score you fun when you read the book. Oh, okay, Oscar, but uh, look, I, I, I need a couple of tickets. Two tickets, I'll get them. So long, Felix. Wait, wait a minute, Oscar. You don't even know what they're for. Just give me the name of the show and no other names. <laughs> I want to see the musical Dream Girls with my Dream Girl. Hey, Oscar, man. Can I use the phone? Yeah, sure, champ. Go ahead. You got to get this thing straightened out with Melanie. Melanie? Yeah, that's, uh, that's his girl's name. So long, Phil. Oh, his girl has the same name as my girl. Hey, Mo. No, no. <laughs> Felix, I gotta talk to you. Now, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> Moses' girl is your girl. My Melanie is his Melanie? <laughs> yes. Oh, come on, Oscar. What a rotten joke. He's not her type. Felix, sweetheart, for the sake of your body, for the sake of my book, talk to Melanie and get out of this whole thing. Get out? Yes, Felix. Break it off. Stop seeing her. Oscar, you don't understand. It's too late for that. I can't stop seeing her. I mean, that's like asking me to cut out my heart. Moses will do that for you. <laughs> Oscar, look, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to stay out of this. This is between me and Melanie. And don't forget about Moses, Felix. <laughs> I'm not worried about him. It's Melanie. I've got to talk to Melanie. Melanie and Moses. I mean... <laughs> I mean, he's so wrong for her. I knew it. I'm in the middle of this. I am in the middle of this. So, everyone can make their own opinions about that. The, the ending there is weird, where yeah. he says, I mean, the Felix, the way it ended with the original one, where Felix was going to confront him and then walks away is funny. Here, it's just like, Oscar saying, "Oh, in the middle of this, that's where the scene ends." It's and little... again, you know, they the as you know, the as you know, the 
the the creative team have seemed to have many stories of Ron Glass backing off something that Tony Randall did because he thought it looked too foolish or too weak and uh, was always trying to find a way to make Felix stronger or braver or even more masculine in his terms. But um, but it cost them some laughs. The only other episode I'm just going to mention, and I don't know if you if you want to talk about any individual episodes before we move on, is Ides of April, which I think was my favorite of the 18. They remade the tax episode, which I enjoy. Uh, Esther Roll from Good Times, who did not get an applause break, which I thought was odd when mm. she came out because she she was be... pretty famous by she... 1982. Yeah, I mean she's a lead of a of a, you know if you pointed out earlier the a major African American yeah. comedy, the Norman Lear, um, and she plays the uh, IRS examiner Lee. What the hell was her name on the show? Lee, <laughs> you mentioned it uh, last Ferret. time. Fair, fair. They don't use that name. They use a different name. Oh, damn. Um, and it's a good, it's a good, like that to me was the best of the recycled scripts, the way um, they did it. I'm just not going to play it because we've, we've, we've talked a lot now. We still have a lot more to go. Um, any other episodes you want to specifically mention? Uh, anything specific about? Um, well, we should mention, just mention a recap. I don't know. Have you already done, finished the recap of the ones that are, um, remakes i mean well we just i didn't talked about i didn't want to go through every episode and, and comment on everything no, no no but i just i just feel we should mention the hustler we yeah we mentioned we mentioned oh. all the episodes at the big top i went through the 11 that i thought were remakes. Oh, was i here okay yeah well, i we mentioned didn't, we didn't ex- we didn't elaborate not that we have to go on about it but just that the hustler is uh one of oh, one of the things the hustler changes that i found sig- a pattern which we saw here too is that like all the opera references now become theater references. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, including in, in the new car, instead of an opera quiz, it's a I said that. Quiz. I did right. say that. Oh, you did say. That. And yes. in this uh, one, it's a, a theater. He runs a theater company, an amateur theater company, not an opera company. Yeah. And I guess that's a sign that, like, by the eighties, opera, like, or at least in the world of network television, it's like we don't want to have anything to do with opera. Even though I don't know, Luciano Pavarotti was a big star then. Um, but it also, I guess, makes they kind of make Felix very Broadway, like here. So it's Dreamgirls, yeah, which was which was actually on Broadway at the time. Um, so uh, I, I find that culturally interesting that they're kind of rebranding Felix that way. Um, the uh, they do the grave for Felix. Yeah, I didn't. It's I not didn't. a favorite of ours. It's funny yeah. they even did that one. Yeah. Um, the uh, odd triangle, the love triangle, I thought is kind of taking the premise of don't believe in rumors of having them compete for okay. the same woman who's kind of using them. But yeah, I didn't did have it. But they do it in a very original way, and it's not a bad episode. I did find that the ones I watched that were not based on the original series were just better, or at least more just more interesting to watch because I wasn't comparing them. And uh, I think the one I thought was even of the ones i saw the one that i recommend is bachelor of the year where they're basically competing to be like it's basically it's the same as essence magazine well, isn't it called call epitome it, epitome, yeah, epitome yeah. right yeah and they're competing to be like the the man of the month uh, in in essence so i thought that was good uh, oh security arms they needed yeah. that but here, here's the okay the last thing i want to say in general the pattern is that 
I think the whole thing with the original scripts started out with this being a very low budget. It's I bet that ABC greenlighted this on the assumption that it would be a very cheap show. And part of that was to save on writers, to save on a writer's Which room. comes up in, a, in oh, one of the clips, kind of, yeah. And the other thing I just kept noticing when they did the remake episodes, they, they, they came up with any excuse to not have a new set. So, um, oh, interesting. Security arms, they don't move to a new building. Yes, I they saw that. Put, yeah. They put new security yeah. measures, alarm in their apartment. And uh, they cut down on any kind of new location stuff. They do have Felix's photography studio, which looks a lot right. like the original. It does. That's it does. the other set. Um, and yeah, you're right. They don't use a lot of sets on this show. Uh, they did have the new studio, they have a restaurant. But I, I understand what you're saying there. All right, so here's Gary Marshall talking about the new odd couple. I'm sorry, you said the what show? The new odd couple. Oh, I, I'm blocking it. I'm in denial. I didn't do the new odd couple. The odd couple was my favorite. The new odd couple was a mess. Again, the business of television tries its best to get rid of the writers. It's happening again. Let's do reality shows. They don't want the writers. Do they dislike writers? No. It's just that normally men in suits don't understand writing. They understand everything else. They can't understand writing because writing is like magic to them. So if somebody's doing something they cannot do, it frightens them. I mean, it's tradition. First guy didn't want to fire. My God, put it out. It's the devil. You know, the wheel. Oh, you round thing. Throw it away. So they don't understand. When you don't understand, you crush is unfortunately human nature so they keep trying to get rid of the writers now let's do survival it'll be good a millionaire no writers then they tried to say what do we need writers for let's take all the scripts of the old show the odd couple and make a new odd couple and they'll use the same scripts we don't have to you know you got to pay them something but we don't have to talk to them we'll just take the scripts and the so they had this idea to do the um, they do the black odd couple, Afro-American cast as the odd couple, because uh, black shows were doing well. And I said, but odd couple is about two old Jewish men. You're making a show about two hip black men. It don't, the words don't fit so good in their mouth. And like all things, I think uh, you are talked into things sometimes for unnecessarily what could be good. And I remember the studio saying to me, we know you're busy, you don't want to do, but they couldn't do it without my approval. The network, when Gary's not coming, why would we go? Gary will look it over, he'll check it out. And I said, I don't want to. And they said, well, if we do the new odd couple with black actors, it means 75 black people will work as technicians, as cameramen, we'll make it a whole thing. And uh, that's why would be the good thing about it. And that I couldn't refuse. All right, I'll do it. And then the, they got, and there weren't so many black technicians or something, but they got some, and there were guys literally who were working in car washes who came on the show. Well, after about seven episodes, they came to me and said, we'd rather go back to the car wash because this is no good. And it wasn't. It just didn't adjust. The actors would try and just didn't work you just can't take one show and make it another show and keep the same scripts 
because say, let's do a new show about two black guys who room with each other and write new scripts. So that was one of the more embarrassing parts of my career was the new one. But, you know, do it all in a career. So clearly, Gary Marshall is not a fan of this. Um, and uh, maybe that's why it says Gary K. Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I gotta so, look up. I don't even know if that's he has a middle name or if that really is his middle name. So, by the way, this is the first time I've ever heard, and this comes up again later. Somebody referred to Felix and Oscar yeah. as two Jewish men because yeah. I've never assumed <laughs> they were Jewish, and maybe that means that somehow, not literally, but but th somebody else mentions that later in one of the yes. things I'm going to read. Do is that, Swick. yeah, Swick is that, that something um, you like? Is that do well, you think of I them think as we've kind of I've, I've alluded to this, I think, at times during our discussions that, first of all, I think what they're saying is based on Klugman and Randall, even are, though who are Tony Jewish, Grant, who were right of Jewish heritage. Yeah. Even though Randall uh, changed his name, that was clearly not known about him, I think, and did not embrace that identity. Um, but it's also the, the, the roots of the Neil Simon comedy. Where Neil Simon is not identified as Jewish, but people, and they weren't played, they were not all, only occasionally played by Jewish actors. Um, so I don't know. I think that's, I, I get when Gary Marshall says that, he's thinking of the two actors who he knows, you know. I so, see. Okay. The, who they were writing for. Like what they were, the, that was such a personal, what he's getting at is that they wrote these scripts for those two actors. I get it. Okay. I didn't think about that. All right. So now we're going to play a, almost a seven minute clip. Oh my god! Of Mark Rothman, I, I, it was a long. It's like the the actual clip itself as exists is longer, so I cut it down. By well, like he is he is odd couple royalties. So. Yes, and he ran this show, and you will see that he has a different opinion about this show than Gary Marshall. So let's talk a little bit about the new odd couple. Um, what was your role? Now you're a, an individual entity. Yes. <laughs> so yes. what was your role as a producer on that show? I was in charge of. Uh, well, everything. I was the creative one. I did all the casting, did all the, you know, supervised the writing, um, and uh, basically just ran the ship. And they had done an episode without me. And I came in and turned it from a show that ABC was ready to pull the plug on to a show that they got hot about and wanted to promote. And I was a hero. They carried me around on, on their shoulders. Same network that ostensibly hated me. They loved me. And uh, the bottom line is, I, to, you know, I thought the shows were very good. We recycled a lot of the scripts and made them better. We actually, we went back to first drafts that, see, a lot of things got shot down because of money. There was a joke I wanted to do. We redid the, one of the courtroom shows on the, on the original Odd Couple, where uh, the, the ticket scalper show. And um, we, where Felix always is his own lawyer. And we always found a reason for Felix to humiliate Oscar on the stand. And the humiliation in this case was to get Oscar to admit how hard he tried to get a date that this was this was a, not a ticket meant to be scalped it was a ticket meant for his date 
So in our first draft, we had a joke where Felix turns to the gallery and says, will every woman who Oscar, who was in this courtroom that Oscar Madison asked out for this date, please rise. And this motley collection of women stand up and check each other out. And I don't know, I think it was funnier because it was a whole bunch of black women. Um, and it just got the scream of all times. And they cut that joke in the original version because it was considered a $500 joke to hire all those extras just for that joke. And we were shot down. So it proved to me that you indeed can go home again. That was my most pleasant memory of that show. The shows were good. There's nothing wrong with rewriting uh, stuff. You know, the remakes are not necessarily a bad idea for movies. So why should they be a bad idea for TV? How did you update the scripts for an African-American cast? What were the, what were the changes? Reluctantly. <laughs> I didn't want to update them much at all, but the cast had problems, particularly Ron Glass. Ron Glass was not a good idea. He had a, he had a, a fear of looking ridiculous. Now, you're playing Felix Unger. Felix Unger is a ridiculous character. But he wanted all the humor to be based on how ridiculous Oscar was and him going... And that just left no way for Felix to be funny. So we were constantly going at it over that. And I do, and simultaneously, as I was working on this show, the Laverne and Shirley money from syndication started rolling in. And it gave me a new attitude about working. I mean, we're talking about tons of money. And I said, okay, I've proved my point. I'm an individual. People know what I do. The network loves me. The studio loves me. They love wh what I do. I don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. So I only want to work on things that I thought were good. And I only want to work on things that... It, involve a pleasant work atmosphere. Now, I thought the New Odd Couple was good, in spite of the what Ron Glass wanted. But eventually, it just became too much of a hassle to deal with them. And there were other problems that were, you know, about it not being a, a good work atmosphere. And after 10 shows, I said, you know, I have my, I have the money, I don't need this anymore, and it was really getting aggravating, and I was, I, I had one foot out the door already, and I let myself get shoved out the door. I didn't, I wasn't fired, I quit. Just ask you, I just wanted to ask you about Damon Wilson on The, the New Art Couple, can you talk a little bit about him? He was pleasant, very pleasant, I thought he was very good, very good. One interesting thing. Yeah. There was this man who hung on, hung around on this on the stage a lot of the time. 
seedy-looking, big, fat guy with a scraggly beard, scraggly hair, a, a raincoat on. Who's this guy who's hanging around all the time? He says, oh, that's Damon Wilson's manager. Oh, what's his name? Roy Raiden. You know who Roy Raiden is? You remember the Cotton Club murders? He was the victim in the Cotton Club murders. Roy Raiden. There he was, yeah. hanging around as Damon Wilson's manager. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. If you wanted to know something interesting about that show, I thought that was interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, I'm not sure the lady knows who Roy Raiden is, but uh, Roy Raiden was in art. How is he the victim of a murder and still living? Well, this <laughs> the murder happened after the uh, the, the murder happened in oh, May '83. Oh, so, oh, those okay, that cotton club. Yeah, the, of the, related to the movie. Yeah, the movie. There's a famous right. yeah. uh, Hollywood scan. Yes, back to me, yeah. where Roy Raiden was murdered. Due to the trying to make this movie about the Cotton Club, if you go want to look it up, it's very interesting. Go look at Wikipedia or something. Uh, I just debated cutting that story out, but I thought it was interesting. Anyway, so clearly Mark Rothman likes the show. I mean, it's a very interesting what he's saying. I think clearly you know, Mark Rothman and Ron Glass hated each other. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm. I, first of all, you know, we've been talking for an hour and a half. I never imagined when we started to think about talking about the new Odd Couple, there'd be so much material out there. I mean, let's do we should we disclose that this was even supposed to be a bigger? Yes, yes. We originally were going to talk about the oddball couple and the uh, 2015 version in one episode, and Garrett just didn't have time. But luckily, he said, "Why don't we split it in half?" Because I didn't realize how much we were actually going right. to say about the new odd couple. But we're not done yet. We're well, not done yet. But, yeah. Well, we're not done with new odd couple. All right. So now we have a clip from an, a woman named Winifred Hervey who uh, is a known female TV showrunner uh, of color, who was executive producer of Fresh Prince, worked on the UPN show in the house, and uh, an early job of hers was on The New Odd Couple. Oh. You, two, you, wrote, you were a story editor on The New Odd Couple. Uh, yeah. So did you go straight from working Mindy to that, or? Yes, I did. And how did that transition come about? Well, that came about because The New Odd Couple was the uh, African-American version of the other odd couple. And so what they did was they just bought those scripts and then they hired a lot of minority writers, but they weren't really our scripts. So what we were doing was really rewriting scripts for a black cast, which was not a very good idea. And, uh, and, and the show, there were a lot of problems with the show about the writing and uh, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good experience. So talk about that. What do you mean there were problems about well, the writing? Because I think everybody resented, like, why can't we write our own scripts? Why are we blackizing scripts? And so that was a problem. And I remember one of our producers was Norman Barish, who had written with a partner. He wrote the play, Send Me No Flowers. And so he was a very... Um, prolific and accomplished writer and he would come to the minority writers and he would say I remember one time he came to us and he said what 
What would a black person say when they're really excited? What would they say? And I remember one of the writers said, they would say hot dog <laughs> as a joke. And so he said, okay. And he put it in the script. <laughs> awesome. So it was odd. And it was the odd, odd, odd couple. <laughs> and how did you infuse a different culture into those scripts? Like, what types of changes did you make? Was it all diet? Like, was it all language? Was it? It was mainly language, you know, and there really wasn't a lot to change, to tell you the truth. I think what they ended up doing was they allowed them to have five or original scripts. So there were some original scripts in there because that just really wasn't working. And I, I don't think um, the actors were that happy with it either. So that anyway, a, that's a very interesting story. I, I think overall we can say, oh, well, so director Joel Zwick, who did a lot of television sitcoms over the years, um, he said, we didn't really see any of the original episodes of the scripts. But several of them were reworked for this new version of the show. However, we soon realized that a lot of adjustments needed to be made, especially to Ron Glass's character. Instead of two Jewish 40-year-old men, we had two good-looking black men in their 30s. Two Jewish 40 – yeah. Uh, to, uh, at the time, the term metrosexual didn't ex yet exist, and to keep Ron Glass's Felix from being perceived as gay, we had to constantly surround him with women. And Jewish men tend to settle things by yelling at one another – well, black men tend to utilize oh. their fists more so. Oh, we no. had to adjust a lot oh, of the no. dialogue. So that's an awkward <laughs> statement to make. Especially since it's not true. That isn't what ends up happening. They don't fight. They don't fight it's, it's such a weird <laughs> thing to say. It's interesting to know that Tony Randall and Jack Kogman were quite similar to the roles on the show, while Damon Wilson and Ron Glass were not. Damon, who portrayed Oscar, would arrive to the studio natalie dressed, while Ron Glass, who portrayed Felix, was actually the sloppy dresser. However, it was their earlier TV characters which typecast them. Glass and Wilson did not hang out together after work. They didn't bond in that way, but they did have a nice professional relationship for the series. Then we have this actor named Christopher Joyd. Christopher spelled with an I, not an O. Uh, he played Speed, probably the only really unrecognizable right. or not recognizable to me. So well, he we, was. Can we just say something about the poker players? First of all, in, in the first few episodes, there's no Vinny. And then they add a Vinny later. <laughs> Did oh, you know really? This? No, I didn't. I missed that. And yeah, but, he's very missable. Was they it someone a, notable? In the rest, in the re no, not that I know. Is it an African American episode. actor? No, no. And that's interesting. So Speed is the only black poker player. Yeah. Oh, and, the the restaurant episode. I did watch that yeah. kind of, and I guess I didn't pick up on that. It was a Vinny. And yeah, Vinny is this big tall white guy and then roy is this <laughs> very nerdily dressed jewish accountant and and uh you know as much as i love john shuck i thought it was an interesting to uh, the, all the white poker players to make the cop white <laughs> yeah was, that's uh, right a uh, uh, weird choice i did so, I, I agree with you that is a i'm surprised that they did that um it's a good that's a good call out so Christopher Joy was in the movie Up in Smoke, the Cheech and Chong movie, and he says a top executive of ABC was watching Up in Smoke and had me read for Oscar, but I physically wasn't big enough, and I didn't think I was right for the part. I did get the role to speed. Ron Glass was very nice and open to suggestions and ideas. When they cast Amon Wilson, he and I really developed a bond, and both of us entered the evangelic ministry. Had they not redone the scripts from the original series, I think we may have been more successful. 
we needed scripts that better highlighted our chemistry. All right, two more quotes, and then we're going to move on the Odd Couple TV movie. We're going to do it. Okay, Garrett convinced me otherwise. We are not going to talk about the uh, TV movie in this podcast. We will talk about only the new Odd Couple and pick up the new Odd Couple. I'm sorry, the Odd Couple TV movie later. Um, but we've done a lot here, so it's fine. So here's your friend, John Shuck, talking uh, about the new Odd Couple. I recall auditioning for the role of Murray. Gary Marshall was there, and when I got the job, I was very grateful. I was having a very slow year. Unlike my two previous sitcoms, it was fun and refreshing to film a program with three cameras in front of a live audience. Ron Glass and Damon Wilson weren't exactly friends. They were two very different people, but they had a sort of detente for, for the good of the show. They each had a lot of writing on this program. We all went into the project highly hopeful, but the writing became the issue. If the producers hadn't recycled so many of the original scripts, we might have had a fighting chance. Even when the writers attempted to revamp the scripts, Ron and, Ron and Demond, Ron and Demond had difficulty making them work. Um, so this is a lot of people saying, kind of blaming the, I mean, I don't think it's true, but blaming the reuse of scripts is the problem. Um, okay, lastly then, we're going to end here with the New York <laughs> Times review of the pilot episode that aired, which I think was... I thought it was the uh, uh, two on the aisle, but I'm not sure which episode actually this this person's reviewing when they uh, when they write about it. Um, but the New York Times said the dialogue has been updated a little bit, but the plots are essentially the same. Mr. Glass manages with remarkable accuracy even to sound like Tony Randall in the original series. Mr. Wilson, whose waistline has expanded noticeably since Sanford and Son, Rude. does not strive for a Jack Klugman imitation, but his reading of insult lines is just as effective. I agree with that. I, 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 that, that sums up kind of what, what I liked about his performance. The new odd couple bounces along nicely. It adds nothing new to the craft of situation comedy, but it does provide employment and a good showcase for talented black actors who generally don't have an easy time of it on television these days. So, uh, I think, yeah, it, it, no wonder we've gotten a lot of mileage out of it because it's kind of a fascinating chapter in the uh, look into that era of television, right? Um, so many things going on here, so many com competing uh, interests. And, uh, and it turns out like somehow just they had the ingredients for a possibly good sitcom, but the idea of recycling the old one is the thing that kept getting in the way. Yes. It made it interesting for us because we could compare and contrast, which is very unusual to be able to do in television. Yeah, right. But it does seem like, I would say, ultimately, it is probably would have been better. It would have give, as John Chuck said, I'd give it a fighting chance if they had just maybe not even brought in the old team. Right. Just find whoever was the hot current writer of the day, maybe someone who had worked on an African-American show or just someone who was, um, you know, an up and coming or, 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 or sitcom writer of the day um, and left out the old, I mean, I guess they needed Gary Marshall, but I don't know that they needed. And this other. is kind of what they did in the, the last reboot, right? Where they, what are you saying? Well, I haven't watched them yet, uh, right? But but they it seems like they took the premise, they took the character names, but they did not 
they they, they, they they started from scratch. They reuse some of the premises. They do. Oh, they do. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. So well, I'm interested to see how that turns out. Not. It's not like this, and they don't. Right, they right. they don't reuse the script. They there's some premises that are reused. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yes. Wait, sorry. One more. One more. Here's yes. a, a, another okay. summation I can make. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem I would put the, the whole debate about whether is, is are the are those scripts or the is the original play so ethnically based that it couldn't wasn't believable or plausible or didn't feel right for the actors of another ethnicity. It's a fascinating debate. I don't really have a side to take on that. But another way to look at that is that the original series was great because it was character based. And what I mean by that is that, you know, it's funny, the first season, season one of the original series, you could say some of the same, we have had some of the same criticism, which is that, okay, they're trying to be like the movie too much. They're recycling the movie. And we now have two new actors and a new format that the whole idea of redoing the movie doesn't work. And by season two, the actors are making the characters their own. They're not like Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Uh, they're doing it in front of an audience. They're not doing it on one camera film. And the I would say the reason the show got so great was that it was became very organic to the characters, that Klugman and Randall would not let something go on that they didn't feel was true to the characters. So in a way, they were writing those scripts really for those actors. And it, they worked because that the actors kept it true to the character. And this new odd couple, the actors never had a chance to really find their characters for themselves and that was what all this was about this conflict and i think if you started from scratch you would let the actors finally figure out who they are as oscar and felix and then build around that uh and maybe that could have happened again season one of odd of the original odd couple i think had some of these issues in a in a kind of parallel way uh and i think there was a season two of new odd couple maybe with new maybe with new writers you know could have uh, done something i i would agree with everything you said yes this is a this has nothing to do with it being an african-american version it was simply i think the way it was executed um i think one could argue maybe the casting wasn't the right casting given that they seem to have issues yeah. um that jack and tony figured out and then they just were magic um but yeah i think ultimately Maybe only the premise should have been brought over, um, and you know, as we saw, there was a re there is a relatively successful another version. Obviously, they didn't try to go diverse, but um, it's just also so hard to live up to Jack and yep. Tony. It's so yep. hard. All right, so next time we will try to do all three <laughs> of those topics. Um, yeah. And um, thank you for listening. If any feedback, any information. You can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com, and hopefully you will um, leave us a five-star review. So we'll talk to you in a week or two. Bye. Bye. Bye.